Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. It is going to be an awesome interview we have tonight. We have the Hard Rock metal band called Silver Tongue coming on momentarily. These guys are based out of Baltimore, Maryland, and we're going to be promoting tonight their new album that is out right now titled Devils in the Details. So it's going to be a great interview with these guys. Sorry, it's been a long day. A little bit about my show. Um, I created the show approximately three years ago, and I really wanted to create a forum that I could use to bring people on in the entertainment industry to support them and help promote them. We know how challenging and difficult the entertainment industry and music industry can be, especially in these days and ages when the Internet is predominantly taking over a lot of the things that labels, et cetera, had back in the day. So a little bit about my background. I have a doctorate degree in clinical psychology, and that's what I predominantly do full-time, clinical and forensic work. And I also really just enjoy taking my interview skills from my professional background and using it in a professional way to interview people in the entertainment industry. I'm also a singer-songwriter with an album out, and I do some writing for some entertainment magazines. So I thought I would combine my psychology plus my passion for the entertainment world and create a supportive forum to bring people on. So on my show, you're going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like, what it's like to be in their profession. A couple of things I ask people to keep in mind, and I have a great sense of humor, is although I mentioned I'm a clinical psychologist, my show is purely meant for entertainment purposes. We're not doing any formal therapy. And also, I want my guests to feel just down-to-earth, grounded, to share whatever they feel comfortable, um, but just leave out any specific names, identifying information if you want to share any potential humiliating, embarrassing stories, etc. So there tonight, Silver Tongue is joining some of these amazing bands I've had the opportunity to interview, uh, including Smile Empty Souls, Soil, I Empire, Otherwise, Eat to Adam, Black Light District, Art of Dying, Royal Bliss, and the list goes on. So please support the guests that I've had on my show. Check out the podcasts that are available. You can download them or stream them for free. So if you're tuning in, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. You can also call in tonight if you'd like at 805-243-20. And if, God forbid, you tune in late, there will be a podcast available after the show is over. So you can, again, as I said, download it or stream it. Okay, sorry about that. All right, so let's do a nice introduction for Silver Tongue, and then I'm going to bring Speed on. He is the vocalist, the guitarist, and I definitely want to know how these guys got uh, their nickname names, so to speak, because they have some really interesting uh, names that they use. So as I mentioned, these guys are from Baltimore, Maryland, and they are comprised of Speed, the lead guitarist, ZZ, the bassist, um, sorry, bassist, Scoot, lead guitarist, ZZ, drummer, Dano. And these guys have already created tremendous local buzz by the live show that they perform with. Um, these guys have uh, performed with many national acts, including Godsmack, Disturbed, Shinedown, Slipknot, Stained, and they're doing some shows right now. They have one coming up on May 7th with uh, Red Light King, another great band out there. So if you like those bands I listed, you're definitely going to like these guys. Tonight they're promoting Devils in the Details, which is their new album that is out right now. And we're going to feature Coming Alive, the hit single, as well as one that I personally picked off of it that is uh, one of my favorites, even though this album is amazing and every song off of it is extremely well-produced and engineered. 
They had the uh, honor of working with Stephen Wright, who has worked with everyone from Slipknot to Ever Levine. So I don't want to give too much away, but you're going to get a really good taste tonight of what these guys, these guys' musical journey was like. My interview is very different from others. I don't just ask cookie-cutter questions. You're really going to learn about not just who they are as professional musicians, but who they are as people. So for more information, visit silvertongue.com, and that is spelled S-I-L-V-E-R-T-U-N-G.com for upcoming shows and more information on these guys. All right, and I'm trying to hook Steve in. All right, Steve, you're on. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, very, thank you very much for having us on. We really do appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, I wanted to wait till you came on because, actually, I was introduced to your band by one of your uh, fans. Oh, really? Yeah. So this and is an interesting story. This will be, I'm going to give them a nice plug. So a while back, uh, one of the guys was listening to a lot of the national bands I interviewed. His name is Charlie Souder. Oh, yeah, Charlie, our buddy Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah, he's, he he's sent an me a private fan. message. He is. He sent me a private message, and he's like, oh, he's like, I like all of your interviews. you got to interview Silvertongue. And I was like, cool, I haven't heard of these guys. So he introduced me to you. I checked out the stuff. I really liked it. And then from there, I contacted David Snowden, and I've done a lot of work with um, Chip Ruggieri, too. I've had a lot of his, his bands on my show. So it was really cool to kind of make the connections with everyone. Oh, yeah, that's very, very cool. Yeah, Charlie's an awesome person. But all of our fans are yeah, awesome, he's, so. <laughs> Absolutely, but he's he's definitely a diehard fan and extremely uh, supportive of you guys. Yes, yes, he is. He's an awesome person. Nice. So where are you guys? Are you guys in? I was looking on your page. Are you in Jacksonville, Florida right now? Um, actually, we just got home from Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> we okay, just came back. Cool. We just did a big. So we just did a huge festival. Um, it was it was called Welcome to Rockville. And um, I actually got to finally meet my idol vocalist yesterday, and I thought it was pretty amazing. Um, Miles Kennedy from Alter Bridges, like my ultimate favorite nice. vocalist. And I, I oh, got wow, to meet him in amazing. person. Yeah, I was like a, I was like a kid in a candy store. I didn't know what to say or how to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted a picture. That's just so give me a picture. Cool. That's all I care for right now. And what was he like? Was, was uh, what was his personality like? What did you did you? We, uh, Excuse me, I'm stumbling over my words. Was he everything you expected? Was there anything that stood out to you? Um, I, I, Miles was great because it, it's when, when when you're on these tours, you're you're extremely busy. I mean, we found out yesterday we had 25 interviews yesterday, so it was a little tough. Oh my gosh. But um, we we did well, but we didn't get a chance to see any of the bands that we really wanted to see, like Off the Bridge. So we're sitting here doing the interview, and I could hear him playing, and I'm like like sweating. I'm like, oh man, I really want to go see this. But, you know, the interviews are more important than that. So we were all backstage eating and Miles came walking over and I was, I just, I just jumped up and I said, hey, Miles, I got to talk to you, man. I said, you're, you're like my vocal idol forever. <laughs> He's like, really? And I said, yeah, man. I said, just, can I get a picture with you? That's, that's all I'm really asking. I know you're busy. And he said, yeah, man, whatever you want to do, man, it's all good. So we took a That's picture. Cool. I didn't really get a chance to ask him the questions that I really wanted to, but I got a funny mm-hmm. feeling like we may be seeing some more Alter Bridge with Silver Thompson. That's <laughs> so great. I'll, I'll leave it. I'll leave it for that. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm sure you'll have some great stories to share in the future if you guys get on some more builds with them. That'll be awesome. 
Oh, it, it would it would be a, it would be a dream of the whole entire band to just to be doing some shows with those guys in general. I mean, I mean, there was a ton of bands though that were just amazing. You know, I mean, who were some Gemini of the bands Syndrome. that were featured there? Gemini Syndrome, um, they were there. Oh yeah, um, we act- nice. And we're actually we're going to be with them again um, in two weeks. We'll be with them in two weeks up in Hagerstown, Maryland doing a show with those guys up there. Avenged Sevenfold, amazing. Hell yeah, which we've met and done shows with prior to. Um, Chevelle, which we've done shows with prior to. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, all these guys are just amazing. And, and we're, I can tell you, we're a very, very lucky band to to be able to share the stages with some of these acts because these guys are just... I mean, it's it's weird because they don't do anything different than we do. You would think that they do, but they still work very, very hard to mm-hmm. you know, put the show on that they that they always do, and and, and there's there's a reason why they are where they're at, and we're kind of we're kind of the new kids on the block, or should I say the new kids on the scene? I don't like the new kids on the block thing, so <laughs> say the new kids on the scene. <laughs> right, so right. We're kind of learning from these guys, and and you can't pay for this kind of an education. I mean, yeah, and right. these guys like Poppy, we're really really good friends with them. Lee and I are, are extremely good friends, and. We talk a lot of business, and and he's always giving me hints of what to do, and you know, don't do this, but do this, and I, I owe a lot to him for bringing my head into re, to the reality of the scene. Um, he's a great person. They're that's a, they're an entirely great band. They're just really cool people, and and it's weird because we see the same thing in them that we see in ourselves now. We see how hard we mm-hmm. work, and you know, we think. Uh, you know, these guys have got it made, they got a tour bus, you know, they're not traveling around in a for some passenger van, <laughs> they have a trailer hooked onto it like we are, and we're sleeping in the van, and, but, the, you know, no matter what these guys are sleeping in, they're they're doing interviews every single day. It, the, the whole back scene of what people think, the sex, drugs, rock and roll, it, it doesn't exist. It's, I these know. guys are really, really working hard, and, and that's why I can like say you we're, said, we're very think... blessed. I'm yeah, sorry. I mean, Steve, you definitely come across, no, you definitely come across as, again, this very, you know, grounded, authentic person who, you know, you're utilizing all these people that have worked so hard to get to where they are to kind of educate, like you said, and train you, and you're not taking that stuff for granted, and that's that's so cool to see, because unfortunately, you know, a lot of bands, like you said, they look at these bands and they think, oh, everything's just made, and they're kind of staying in five-star hotels, and you know what I mean, but as you said, you're you're <laughs> able to now kind of witness it, and it's not this kind of glamorous lifestyle. I mean, you have to work very hard to get there. And let's uh, let's talk a little bit about you guys because I want to talk about kind of you growing up and learn a little bit about who you were, and then we're going to kind of take a timeline into how you guys get, got to where you are today. So did you um, did you grow up in Baltimore, Maryland? Um, yes, I did. Okay. Baltimore was my home ever since I, I was given birth, and it's been it's – been, Baltimore's not a really big music town. Um, so mm-hmm. it's, it's a little tough and it's a little tough in Baltimore to, to make fans, but the fans that are music fans here are diehards. Nice. What well, were you like growing up as a kid a little bit? Tell us a little bit, you know, what were you like as a kid? What were some of your interests? When did you get, you know, interested in music? Was there someone who inspired you in your family? Just give us a little, you know, some interesting stories or background information you have on yourself. Um, actually, I, I I remember I remember when I was growing up as, as a as a kid when I was eight, nine, and ten, I was I was more of a sports fanatic. I, I played. I was able to actually play some of my pro baseball for a little while. Um, wow! 
but I've always, but I've always played music. Oh, music has always been my thing, and it's. Um, I remember my uncles. I, I grew up on stuff like Soundgarden, and and Alice in Chains. You know, that was mm-hmm. my growing experience. But you know, my uncles were were smart enough to to veer my head a little bit <laughs> and show me some other music like Zeppelin and the Beatles. Um, and, and you can't. When, when you listen to that and you listen to what you grew up on, there's a huge extinct difference between what what is and what was. Right. And nothing nothing against Soundgarden and Alice in Chains because amazing bands. They're some of my biggest influences. But when you listen to some of the older music, um, even like Black Sabbath, and um, one thing that really turned my head to want to play live and be theatrical live was Kiss. My uncle... Oh, wow. showed, me, showed me one time. He just said, "Look, you know, you you want to see something crazy? You look at this." And I opened up. I think it was the Alive Two album, and I was just blown away. I was like, "What is this? You know, this is just crazy." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm used to jeans, t-shirts, and and these guys are just like full regal and makeup and fire and pyro. You know, I was always told you can't use pyro. You know, so. Right, now, right. looking at looking at Kiss, it was just like I, I was blown away. And and um, actually, David Snowden, um, amazing Mr. David Snowden, should I say? I agree with I agree with that statement. But he he was well, he worked with Kiss, so I get to hear all the oh, really? stories and stuff that people don't get to hear, and I'm just like blown away. But you know, and, when, and I, when I saw that, while you're talking about, sorry, not 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 to interrupt you because I want to tie in as much as we can. How did you, you know, while you're talking about these bands that influenced you and David Snowden working for Kiss, and again, just to give a plug to him, everyone, he's from uh, David Snowden Productions, and he's, is he, how would you describe his role with your band? Because I know Chip Ruggieri does a lot of the PR stuff, too. Um, David has kind of been um, somewhat of, of, a, of a mentor to a degree for the music business side of things. Um, when okay. we first met David, David's wife actually fell in love with us. And being the smart business person that he was, he, him and his wife came out a few times and he seen the band and David gave it a little bit of time. You know, he wanted to see if we were serious or mm-hmm. if we were just a bunch of kids that were going to jump out there and uh, be stupid. And right. it, he waited about two years and then finally he wow. came over and, and, and I talked to him and you know, he told me his whole background and months later uh, he actually invited to, uh, invited us to his home for dinner, and he did a photo shoot with us. And he was telling me his background. I was just, like, completely blown away. And I'm like, what are you doing with us? You have a <laughs> tremendously great background. And, you know, here is over to, right. you know, a bunch of nobodies. And he, he said he's seen something. And so I was kicking exactly. around with him one night, and I said to him, I said, oh, you know, he was telling me about how this band made it, how this band made it, how he was involved with this band making it. And I said to him, I said, oh, yeah, kind of like David Snowden could really help out Silverton. And he said, well, let's talk about that. And from there, it was just like uh, our relationship grew. And David David's kind of been like a mentor. Uh, it's been probably a year and a half now, almost two okay. years. David, I mean, he hasn't—he didn't push a lot of issues. He—he he came in and he kind of directed a few things and pushed us in a couple areas. And he said, "You need—you probably need to do this, and you should probably do this." And he was right. And then when mm-hmm. it came down to to business, you know, 
it it was a sit down dinner, very professional, and he said, "This is what I want to help you guys do," and when that's when he introduced us to Chip, and from there on, it's just been a we got a great team. Uh, I mean, these yeah. guys believe in what we're doing, and that is that's the key. If you can find guys that are this, like Chip and David. Amazing and people. I I agree with you a hundred percent, Steve. Just to, I want to just comment on what you're saying because again, my interaction again, I've only had my one interaction with David so far, but it's been so professional and just really nice, you know, talking with him and working with him. And like I said, Chip, I've booked a handful of bands through, and he is just just amazing. He's always so professional and just again, you see this enthusiasm and this energy in him, even when he sends an email to me. Like he's so excited, and it, it's just really cool to see, and then it makes me excited about interviewing the bands he works with, you know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. And, and it's really hard when you, and Chip did the same thing David did. You know, Chip didn't just come on and, you know, and all of a sudden he's going to help Silvertongue, you know, a bunch of nobodies. He he took the album, he looked it over, he took it to his friends, to, you know, to his partners in the business and said, what do you guys think? And they mm-hmm. all came back and told Chip the same thing. Man, you, you really got something here. How are the guys? Nice. What are the guys like? You know, right. and then we had a couple more meetings with Chip, and from there on, it was like uh, this team just grew, and it's growing bigger. Um, we're, we're getting That's a lot great. more people involved with us, and it, it takes time. It, it really does. Uh, you know, everybody thinks that you know a band is 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 found, and then the next day they're on t- there's huge tour. Well, right. That's that's some kind of media fantasy. I can tell you that because that's not mm-hmm. how it works. It's never really worked that way. Bands really, really have to work extremely hard for, you know, not four or five years, sometimes 12, 15 years. You have to, exactly. you have to really keep pushing it. And these guys, yep. having these guys behind us saying, you can do this, you can do this, and we're going to help you do this, we're going to help you do that. And we're, we're extremely four blessed, lucky musicians. I'm not going to lie and, to you, and I would never lie to anybody about that. Right. But I think another thing you guys bring to the table, and again, here comes my psychology stuff, because as, as I mentioned in the beginning of the show, that's what I do for a profession. I, you know, you guys have a certain personality dynamic, too, that works. And unfortunately, you know, you could be the most talented band in the world. But if you're not going to be mm-hmm. open-minded and flexible and, you know, have a grounded sense of self, which is what I kind of gather from you guys, it's not going to work, you know what I mean? So there's so many different other factors, I think, that are so essential that you guys possess um, in addition to having a great team. Well, yeah, and, and the thing is is, is, is we're, we're real people, you know. Um, we, we can see things getting bigger. We see that more people get to know who we are. And, and, mm-hmm. and some people, and it's really hard for us to take sometimes because we don't know how – we're still in that in that newbie feel, even though it's been you know three four years that we've been doing this. It's we're still in that right. newbie feel of when people come up to us and they're like, oh, oh, oh my God, you know, Stephen Silverton, <laughs> oh man, can I get your autograph? And I'm like, what? Right. I'm like, sure, right. sure. You know, and then you know, then we're sitting there, we're signing autographs, and and we're we're very very personal with our fans because this is our belief. Without your fans, there is no band mm-hmm. because. A band can be the best thing you've ever heard, but if people don't hear it and people don't respect it, then you'll you'll never get to know who, get to know who the band is. But the band has to respect them first, and this is right. one of our big this is one of our big gripes that we 
you know, that this is where we keep our level heads. I mean, we see that things are getting bigger. We see some of the tours we're on now. We, we see the people that we get to meet. And, you know, just like, just like this weekend when I met Miles, you know, Miles didn't blow me off. He didn't brush me off to the side. He right. stuck his hand out just like every other guy that I meet. And he said, hey, man, how you doing? You know, and that's how we are. And that's how we've always been, and that's that's kind of one of our niches. And I'm not taking away our music side. I think I think that I have three yeah. of the greatest guys, talented guys that I know, be backing me up. You know, without my band, the way they as good as they are, I could never do what I do as well. Right. We all kind of feel that way. Right. Very cool. No, thanks for sharing all that. And I think it's it's very educational for people who are listening in, especially, you know, aspiring musicians or entertainers because everything in this industry is, is hard work. And unfortunately, like you said, it's rare that it happens overnight. Um, so let's digress. So you, we're talking about you being 8, 9, 10 years old, you like Kiss and some of these older bands. So when do you start to, you know, get involved in playing an instrument, singing? Did you take lessons? You know, fill us in on some of that. Um, actually, I'm pretty much self-taught except for vocals. Um, I started playing okay. guitar at first because I just I just love the guitar. I love the sound of it, and and mm-hmm. I, I I grew up listening to what my uncles and everybody listened to, and they were big ACDC fans and stuff like that. And you know, so I started playing some ACDC stuff. I think Back in Black was like one of my first songs I ever played on guitar. You know, my uncles were like, oh, no smoke on the water. That was the greatest song ever. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know what that is, <laughs> but okay. And, um, you know, I, I started playing stuff like Back in Black, and then I got into bands, and, and every, it seemed like every band I got into, everybody was a little older than I was, I was. So we were playing, like, like some Judas Priest and stuff, and, you know, here's this young kid playing with these guys that are big into Judas Priest and stuff. And it never really hit me. I never really grabbed onto that, even though I think it's an amazing band. But right. as time went on, I, I started digging into what my friends were listening to, what I was listening to. I really got into Soundgarden, now it's Chains, and Godsmack came around. So I was really, really influenced by all that. And my sport career kind of took off a little bit. And so I so started how old were you now about? As you're talking, how I was old were you now? I was about 15, I think. I think I was about 15. Okay. I might have been 14 or 15 because I was just, just going into high school. And okay. I had a little bit of a sports career going. So I was like, wow, you know, I don't know what to do. You know, I really want to play music. But there's this, there's a, you know, I'm, a, I'm big into sports, and that's where my, my name came from. Um, in the league, I was the fastest guy ah. in the So every time I would get on base, my team <laughs> would start chanting speed, speed, speed. And I'm like, oh, that's Child. funny. <laughs> So uh, that lasted for about two years, and then um, I got injured, so that was the end of that. Um, I couldn't. Oh, wow. I was a catcher. Being a catcher, I just I wasn't I wasn't a smart I wasn't a smart catcher. I would do everything I could, and a couple of times I dove out in front to catch the ball and got hit with a baseball bat. And so oh, after gosh. a while, I said, you know, broken arms and hands and fingers don't work anymore. <laughs> so right. I went back into music. <laughs> So after I got back into music, I put together a band and we played out a couple of times. And my baseball team came, and they all started chanting "Speed." And the guys in the band looked at me and they were like, "Who is Speed?" And I said, "Me." And they were like, 
dude, that's really cool. You should keep that. I said, I haven't lost it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so it, it kind of just grew it. You know, it's like, even at like 13 when I, when I was running, everybody always used to say, man, you're really fast. You're, you're Speedy Gonzalez. You're Speedy this. And I always heard that. Um, so it kind of stuck with me. And, and now that's who I am. You know, and it's, it's cool. really, really cool because I, I get a lot of people that go, oh, so what kind of drugs did you do? Well, no, I didn't. Right, right. Well, I was wondering. I was well. This is my again my interpretation. It was either that or maybe some ADHD, like a little tension deficit type of stuff. You know, always being on. You know what I mean? Just constantly go, go, go. <laughs> so well, no, I have my own fast uh, cars and stuff like that. I do love fast cars, so I let something else right. run faster than me. So, but it's it's a uh, it's actually it's it's actually very 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 cool to to be able. to to experience some of the things that I did, especially at my age, you know, at, at 13, when you're you're getting scouted yeah. by you know professionals and colleges, and you're like, whoa, it's kind of weird. That's crazy. But I always, yeah, I always, always love music. Music has always been my thing, and I think I got hurt on purpose. I think it was I was supposed to get hurt so that I would mm-hmm. veer myself back into music, and I've just been at um, full force. That's great. And we're gonna I definitely wanna check out two songs tonight. So why don't we do this? Why don't we check out Coming Alive, which is the single you're promoting right now. Yeah. Tell us about that song and uh you know some of the I you know, I did some research on you guys, but I wanna hear from you. You know, tell us about the relevance and the meaning behind that. We'll check that out and then think more about we're gonna get into just, you know, how Silver Tongue starts to come together and uh, you know, time frames, members, challenges I saw that you guys had in the beginning with finding the right people. So, you know, you can think about that stuff while we're on hold. But, uh, sure. yeah, tell us about Coming Alive, which is a it's a great track. That that That's an amazing track. That, that was one of the last four songs we wrote for the album. And um, I, we actually wrote it when we were on the Upwork tour. I kept hearing this, this riff in my head, this guitar riff just kept screaming in my head. And I'm like, man, i gotta, <laughs> I got to do something with this because it's, like, driving me nuts now. But I didn't know what to write about. And then just these words coming alive just kept coming to me. And I was like, okay. So I started watching all the fans. Every city we went to, we were getting amazing, amazing fans coming at us. So when, when that happened, I started watching these people. And these people work nine to five jobs. And as hard mm-hmm. as the economy is, they're out here supporting live music. And then they're coming to our merch table, buying our CDs, buying our T-shirts, and I'm just, like, blown away, you know, so I started writing about that. It's, you know, having a nine-to-five job, everybody knows. I mean, I've done it. When you, when you have right. a job, you have to dress a certain way, act a certain way, and speak a certain way, or you lose your job. Right. So, <laughs> usually. But when you usually, get around not, your not friends. Always, but, <laughs> <laughs> but when you get around your friends, like, can you get, to a gathering like the Outroar Tour or the Mayhem Tour or just a, any live concert. It could be country or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when you get around your friends and you're like that, all of a sudden you come alive because that's who you really are. Because you're not right. dressing this way because you have to. You're not wearing that uniform because it says whatever your company is. Or, you know, you're not speaking in a certain tongue so that you don't slip and go, you know, and say cuss work. Right. You're always on your on your on your toes to try to be the right person for that. But when you're by yourself with your friends, that's when you come alive, and that's where the song came sure. from. I watched so many nine to five people, that, you know, that worked those jobs, came and spent their hard-earned money, 
and but you watch them can it change when that, mm-hmm. when that band kicks on it could be your favorite band or a band you've heard for the first time and you're like wow because I watched it because no one knew who we were in 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 Connecticut <laughs> no one knew who we were <laughs> right so we opened the entire festival and there's eight nine thousand people. Well, the minute we were done wow. the first song, the energy just went crazy. So I was like, wow, this is really good stuff. I, I want to write about this. So that's where Coming Alive that's came cool. from. That's great. Now, great concept, great analogy, too. And, and again, from just hearing you talk again, you're showing so much just appreciation and your ability to kind of empathize with these people who are working so hard, like you said, and coming out to the shows and supporting you and spending their money. So, yeah, really cool stuff. Really great song. So let's do this. Oh, we're going to yeah. put you on hold, all right, and we're going to check it out, and then we'll come back and do some more interview, and then I'm going to check out one of my favorites that I picked off the album. Awesome. All right. Okay, Steve, hold on. Oh, all right, everyone, again, you're listening to the lead vocalist and guitarist Steve from the hard rock metal band Silvertongue. We're checking out their hit single right now, Coming Alive. Uh, so take a listen and be sure to download or purchase a copy of their album titled Devils in the Details, which I definitely want to find out what the meaning is behind that title. But uh, for now, check out Coming Alive, and we'll be back in a moment.
All right, everyone, again, welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show. And, again, that was the hit single, Coming Alive, by Silver Tongue. So please check these guys out, support them, go to silvertongue.com, and be sure to download a copy of their album, Devils in the Details. So let's bring Speed back on. Awesome. That was All awesome. Right, I, I, I love that. Yeah. That <laughs> That's so awesome. Much no, it's so cool. Yeah, it's just so cool to see how enthusiastic you guys are. And just, it's it's awesome. Really cool. And you're doing such a great job Thank with you. the interview. Really easy person to interview. I don't have to pull stuff out of you. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, no, I've, already, I've already been accused that I'm a talker. <laughs> so I'm sorry. No, no, it's good, though. No, no, you hear interesting stuff. And again, no, it's great. It's all good. So, okay, so why don't you tell us a little bit about when did Silver Tongue form um, and also fill us in on how you guys came up with the name for the band and the spelling of it. Okay, I'll start with the uh, the name of the band and the spelling. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which is cool. We were, <laughs> uh, well, once you find out where Eric came from, you can tell me it's still cool. <laughs> okay. Uh, we, were, we were in my uncle's basement and we were rehearsing and, and we were sitting around trying to come up with a really cool name because we just wanted something cool. We didn't want something predictable, but we wanted something cool. And um, guys being guys, um, my uncle had, I think they were VHS tapes, I think is what they were called. Um, right. And they were all porno flicks. So guys being guys, you got to look at them. <laughs> at least look at them. <laughs> so we're, I'm going through them, and we're all looking at them. And I come across one, I think it was 1973 or 78 or something. It might have been 80s, I can't right. remember now. But it said Silver Tongue. And I was like, I think I got the name of the band. And I started laughing, and the guys were like, oh, yeah, what is it? And I said Silver Tongue. And I started cracking up laughing, and the guys were like, dude, that's really cool. And I'm like, it is? And they're like, yeah, it's a great name. And I was like, okay. But I didn't like the spelling. I didn't like the T-O-N-G-U-E. It was boring. Right. So I did right. some research, and I think it came across the Tongue Mafia. I think it was like Korean Mafia, the tongues or something. <laughs> and I thought that was a really okay. cool way to spell it. Um, we we kid around with each other, and we, we we always tell people, well, we just can't spell, so we came up with this spelling instead. <laughs> It's all one yeah, word, but look, so it's is, cool it any, is it any different though than stained? I mean, that's cool. You know, people used to be like stained, and where's the e? Like ed, you know what I mean? So, right, no, I like exactly. it. It stands out. It's original. <laughs> you know, it's great. Cool. So what? Well, thank what, you. Yeah, uh, thanks that was just one that. of those cool ideas. You know, we just had to. Mm-hmm. You know, and the thing is, is if we wouldn't have looked through those tapes, who knows what we might? I don't know. Right. We, we could have been called <laughs> disturbed or something. Who knows? <laughs> Right, right. So, so when cool. did you guys but, um, form? I, I used it for about a year. I had the band together for about a year, and I was writing some different things, and I really wanted to go in a certain direction, and the guys who were with me were kind of like, ah, I really don't want to get that heavy, and I don't want to play that heavy, and it's kind of a, a really weird sound, and it's not, you know, kind of what's going on today, and I'm like, I know, but I don't want to be what's going on today. Right. So... I had to get rid of those guys, and then Silver Tongue became a revolving door for about two years, and then I finally just shut it down, and I said, you know what, I can't. It's, maybe it's not meant to be, but I still had my ads out, and um, right, my first right. ad answer that came through was this bass player named Scoot. <laughs> so I, said, I said, well, <laughs> I like the nickname, and he goes, well, my real name, I said, I don't, I don't want to know your real name. I don't really care. That's not what I want to know. 
I just want to know what you can do. And he said, well, you know, I'm a bass player, and you know, I can sing harmonies. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's great. He said, he said, but you know, how, how, we need to help out. We need to, we need to see what's going on. I said, absolutely. I said, you know, I said, like, he was from the Eastern Shore here in Maryland, and um, okay, and I'm in Baltimore, so we're like an hour and a half away. So I said, but you know, I said I'm filling in with some friends down in in Seaford, Delaware, and um, I said, man, Seaford's like 20 minutes from me. So I was like, okay, cool. I said, why don't you come out? see what I got. So this isn't all that happened because we're doing cover tunes and I'm just helping out my friends because they, you know, their vocalist is sick. I'm just filling in for the night. So he comes out and um, we did the show and, and I come over to him. We introduced each other and he, I said, so, you know, how you feeling now? And he said, man, he said, he said, if you're anything like that originally, he said, we're going way, way far away from here and making some big names. And I was like, okay, well, then you like it. He said, yes, man. He said, you just look he said, you just took control of the crowd. And, and he said, you could have been the worst singer in the world. He said, although you're not, he said, you could have been the worst singer in the world. And people still would have just, like, listened to every word you said. And I was like, well, right. I said, I'm a little awesome. aggressive. And sometimes sometimes being aggressive on stage scares people. But it's, it's an, I have a very funny way of doing things. So he he liked that. He thought that was very cool. So that, that, that weekend, we just hung out the entire weekend. I let him hear some tracks that I was writing. Um, actually, tracks that are on this, the own devil's in the details. I don't care, never too late. They were both tracks that mm-hmm. I was writing. Nice. Some things that I went through in life, and, and um, especially never too late. And it, it was just one That's of the deep songs that I have. Thank you. Um, yeah. So okay. he, was like, he was like, man, he said, you got some really good stuff here. He said, we need to just complete the project and keep going. I'm like, dude, you just don't, you don't understand, man. There's just not enough people that really want to go this way. So we took out some more ads and we start, you know, we had some guys that were filling in with us and then we, uh, this guy, Dano answered the ad and, um, he was a drummer. So we were like, okay, well let's audition him. And we auditioned a guitar player. We got, we were, we thought we had everything going and, Guitar player didn't work out. It just you know things just don't happen. Your chemistry doesn't work. So, right. You know he moved on for fifty-three guitar players. <laughs> we all like How many did you say? Guys. Did you say fifty-three? Fifty-three? Five-three. Five-three. Yep. Wow. We, and, and and the fifty-third guitar player was oh this guy gosh. that went by the nickname of ZZ. So I was like, okay. okay. So he came out to a show. And the funny thing is, is Dana was in the bathroom, and they're they're both using the urinals, and he looks at me and he goes, aren't you ZZ? And he goes, yeah, aren't you Dano? And he goes, yeah. He goes, we, I think we should talk. And uh, ZZ said, yeah. So he said, man, I'd, I'd like to audition for you guys. So we're like, all right. So <laughs> I looked at him. I said, you know, here's a CD. You know, I'll give you a couple of weeks just like we did everybody else, and then you come in when you're ready, and we'll 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 do this. So he calls me like a week later, and he says, I'm ready. And I said, what? I said, you learned, <laughs> you learned all 15 songs, and you're ready. And he said, I'm ready. I was like, okay. Oh, gosh. Because we've gone through that many times where guys come in. Oh, Some I know. I believe me. We, you and I would have a great conversation off the air because <laughs> I used to be like, you go, go, go. And eventually, because of my psychology career and other stuff, I, you know, put things in perspective and decided I'll do it on the side for, you know, fun and stuff. But... I used to work with a bassist, and he would be like, you are nuts, Carrie. Like, you are nuts. You've already tried out, like, 30 people. I'm like, no, 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 we're going to keep going. <laughs> so I know you what you mean, to. Speed. I mean, you're at a different place. 
but I can totally appreciate just the frustrations and the challenges and yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so go on. It, it, so it was very, very eventually rough. ZZ comes so, down. So Z comes in and he plugs in and he's just sitting over there warming up and you know and he's he's a he's a great guitar player. So he starts starts doing mm-hmm. all these arpeggios and I'm like, Man, he's a really great guitar player but you gotta have that, that thing that we're looking for and we don't even know what that thing right. is. You know, we right. just gotta have that thing. <laughs> Well, we kicked into the first song, and I'm looking at him, and, and then I look over at Scoot, and Scoot's got eyes got really big, and I look at him, and he's right. like shaking his head like, yep. So we're, we're playing, and I was like, okay, that was pretty good, man. Not not too bad. A little, little sketchy, but it was pretty good. And so then we go to the next song, and he plays that with us all the way through. We went through about six songs, and I finally stopped, and I was just, I was like, man, I, I just got to take a break real quick. I just want to go outside and get some air. So Scoot, that was my cue right. to let Scoot know, hey, I'm going outside. Right. Let's talk about this outside the room. <laughs> so right. he comes out. I look at him. He looks at me. And he goes, you think of what I'm thinking? I said, absolutely. I'm thinking what you're thinking. He goes, this dude just came in. Like, he fit. He's been here for five years with us. I was like, I know. So we got to take him. But we didn't want to give it away. <laughs> so we come in and we were right. like, we're like, all right, man, this is this is really good. We think we're going to stop here, but um, we want you to come back next week. Learn these other songs, and let's see how well you do. If you do really well, then then we'll work it out. And he was kind of like, okay, like I didn't get the job. <laughs> and we, you know, like we got one more guy to audition, and we did. We did have another guy, so we wanted to at least be right, fair. Right, right. So we auditioned mm-hmm. the other guy, and the other guy just it was blew, blew us away because the guy just came in and he goes, man, I just, I, I'm really not a good guitar player. I just wanted to meet you guys. And we're like, um, okay. <laughs> okay, what do you know? Let's just jam then. <laughs> you know, let's right. not blow this whole experience. Let's just jam. So we did, and the guy left, and he was happy about it, and we were just kind of like, what was that? <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> He comes in the next week, and I think we got, we got through two songs, and we sat down. I said, okay. I said, dude, I said, honestly, I, I think we've heard enough. And he's just kind of like, uh, should I start packing now? And we're right. like, I was like, dude, what are you doing next Saturday? He goes, this Saturday? I said, no, not this Saturday, the following Saturday. He goes, I don't have any plans. I said, yes, you do. It's going to be your first show with us. And wow. he was like, Okay, cool. <laughs> and that's how I played it off. He was just like, okay, cool. And I was like, so you okay with that? <laughs> he was like, yeah, man, I'm good. And I'm like, okay, all right, let's do this then. Well, let's get back in and start rehearsing then. <laughs> so we got back in, and the next, I, I, we, we must have drugged him through five rehearsals before we even stepped him out on stage. And even the fans were like, oh, my God, this guy's perfect for you guys. And we That's were like, great. we know. <laughs> so it was like it right. was fate, something happened, and it just, things weren't meant to be before, and that they are now. And he's just, he's just, he, and the thing is, is he's just like us. He's such a great guy. You know, uh, he, he cool. just, he had, re- he had really, really long hair. And just like a week ago, he cut his hair for Locks of Love. And um, we thought that was just oh, wow. incredible. That's awesome. You know, uh, I mean, he Definitely. women would always come up to him and go, "Man, you got such beautiful hair," and and he just, <laughs> you know, he said, "Well, you know, people feel that way about me, you know. Now maybe they can feel about that way about some some poor kid that, you know, that doesn't have life right. as good as I do." 
I was like, right. dude, oh, that's awesome. amazing me. <laughs> so he's just, no, like all said, of you he's guys. a great guy. That's cool. You know what's kind of interesting? Well, you know what's interesting, too, is, you know, all the members it was meant to be in terms of you guys getting along and coming together. But isn't it kind of funny that you guys all have these, like, nicknames? Like, isn't that kind of interesting that when the band comes together, you, it's Scoot and Dano and Speed and ZZ? <laughs> well, it was, what the cool thing is is they've all been nicknames before we even were in bands together. So it right, does right. Kinda, That's what's so funny. Cool, so yeah. it, it is kind of cool. It's but, very ironic. Know, and, and and the thing cool. is, is you know we we we're so young. We have a lot of time to play, but the, the nickname thing usually comes later on. You know, once you're right. already in mean, it, kind of like what Molly Crew did. You know, they all made up nicknames for themselves, and you know, or I think even Kiss did that. I think I can't I can't remember, but so many bands <laughs> do it, and and you know, we, it just kind of came natural for us. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of cool. Exactly. That's cool. Well, let's do this. I mean, I have I tacked a little extra time on before I even interviewed you guys tonight, just in case it ran over. But um, and I don't want to cut you off because I still want to talk about the album. But I had a really hard time picking like my favorite song because I thought, again, there were so many good ones. I love Deja Vu. I love Burden. Um, like you said, Never Too Late. Those types of songs. So I was working out prior to the interview when I got home from being in prison all day because that's where I work, and uh, <laughs> had to definitely get some energy out listening to your. Uh, album so I decided to go with Deja Vu. I was I loved I love Burden too. I uploaded both of those to the station but Deja Vu there's just something about that song that I think mm-hmm. it just has to me single written all over it. I could totally hear it on Octane and you know all the satellite XM stations that I listen to regularly. So tell us about Deja Vu. Um Deja Vu was actually the first song we wrote together as a band as as a together band okay. and um it 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 went through a bunch of variations. Um, the changes were a little weird, so we had to keep going back to the drawing board and, and, and rewriting it, going back to the drawing board and rewriting it. But we just we came up with this really – here again, when you, when, you, when you start opening up your mind and, and letting, letting everyone put their little tiny contribution into what's going on, you come up with some amazing stuff. You know, instead mm-hmm. of just holding your ground, going, no, 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 I wrote this, so I want to keep this, and and that's kind right. of how it came along. Everybody just kind of put their little bit of pieces into it, and I just started writing lyrics that actually those lyrics came out of nowhere for me, and wow. and it was just people ask me what it what what is it about? And I said honestly, it's whatever you think, whatever you get out of it is really truly what the song is about. I can write about whatever I want. It's what you get out of it. And as long as you mm-hmm. get what you want out of it, that's really all that matters. All right. Well said. So let's do this. I'll put you back on hold, and then we're definitely going to talk about Stephen Wright and recording the album, some of those things, upcoming shows, and uh, then we'll start, you know, eventually wrapping things up. All right? Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, Steve. Hold on. All right, everyone, again, if for some reason you're tuning in late, uh, we are interviewing tonight Steve from Silvertongue podcast will be available after the show, so you can always download it and stream it then. And uh, tonight, we're going to check out now for the second song, which I definitely, like I said, has, to me, uh, a hit single written all over it, Deja Vu, off of their album, Details, sorry, Devils, again, long day, in the details. So check this out, and we'll be back in a moment.
All right, everyone, again, Deja Vu by Silvertongue off of their album Devils in the Details. So check it out now. It is out for purchase. And also go to silvertongue.com to find more out about these guys with upcoming tours, shows, etc. All right, let's bring Speed back on. All right, Speed, great track. <laughs> Thank Another you, Carrie. Awesome, that was so awesome. awesome. Song. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. Great. Really good stuff. <laughs> really good stuff. All right, so why don't you tell us a little bit about um, how you got involved with uh, Stephen Wright, who you worked on the album with? Um, actually, Dano worked with uh, Stephen Wright in a, in a previous project, and okay. we were sitting around, sitting around talking about, you know, where are we going to do this? Let's go to, you know, we've, everybody threw a name out there, and everybody was like, well, let's go, check, let's go have an interview with this guy. And we actually interviewed Stephen Wright. You know, we wanted to see if what he had is what we wanted. And, wow. of course, she was way beyond our reach at first. And we thought, you know, we're like, we we shouldn't even be inter- inter- interviewing this guy because this guy, he's one of the real rock stars. So, but, um, you know, we let him hear some tracks. And he was like, okay. He said, let's, you know, let's, let's get together and do this. We did the first five tracks with him. And then we started mixing them and seeing what they sound like. And some of the songs went in. We were like, Oh my God, these things are huge! Well, they didn't sound this <laughs> this good and this big when we were playing them in the rehearsal studio. Right, right. So we knew at that time Stephen Wright was our guy, and he's just—he's an amazing producer. He's an amazing, an amazing engineer. He's just, he's just a really, really good guy, and he just—he knows how to bring things out of you that you can't bring out of yourself. I mean, there were certain notes like in Deja Vu, like the, I scream and then I go into an actual vocal note. Um, right. like that towards the end, I kept trying, I kept trying, and he's like, no, 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 you're not doing it right. I, you got this. You can do this. I'm like, Stephen, I can't. I can't do this. <laughs> he goes, you can. <laughs> so finally, after like five or six tries, I got it. And I was like, oh, okay, I feel it now. I know what it is. And he's like, now the question is, can you do that all the time? I'm like, well, I guess I got to right, go practice right. now. <laughs> so, That's but cool. And how long did you guys – I'm sorry, go ahead. But Stephen Wright's always been—he's always been that type of person to us. He's kind of mentored us through through the album. Nice. How long did it take you guys to record the album? Um, because of finances, it probably took us about three years. Oh really? You know, wow. We, okay, but hey, yeah, none of us wait. Exactly, and that's that's what we felt like. But you know, it also put pressure on us because you know. We thought we had the, the funds. We, you know, we thought we were good to go, and we, you know, we were telling people, you know, well, next year we're going to put out the album. Well, next year it came, and we didn't have the funds. So we were like, Ugh, how do you explain that? What to were you fans? guys? Right. What were you guys doing? Were you guys working on the side? I mean, I know you mentioned earlier on the show that you know we've all worked the nine-to-five jobs. What were you guys doing besides music, if anything, to you know get the funds for the album? Um, yeah, we, we all we all had nine to five jobs, and we we were doing what we had to do. And um, the, but one of the big things, not not even just the finances that that kind of set us back, we got the fans involved. You know, we said, you guys are going to help us write this. You know, because you guys are okay. going to be the one that's initially going to buy the album from us. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, we kind of did our like our own iTunes thing. So we would take a song and we would throw it out there, and we'd play it live for about five or six shows and see what kind of response we got. We didn't get a really nice. good response, and we kind of knew the response that we were looking for because they had done it for, for previous songs. 
So when mm-hmm. we didn't get that response, we were like, okay, they didn't like it. Let's take it back. Let's get rid of it. Let's rework it. Do it. That's what we did with Deja Vu. When we first came up with Deja Vu, it wasn't even called Deja Vu. It was something else. And, and then we rewrote it after it didn't hit everybody. So and we did that with like okay. three or four songs. So that's very smart. Keep very taking them back. It's almost like your almost like your mini focus group. You know, you're kind of putting stuff out there and seeing what people think of the product. And I think it's great. Right, exactly. And 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 we thought that you know our fans should have the say of what goes on the album. So we, we and we didn't know what our fans wanted. You know, we knew what we wanted. But we didn't know what our fans wanted, so we were kind of compromising with them. We we're like, "Here's what we want to play. Do you like it? If you don't like it, then it's not going on our. It's not going on the album. Sorry. You know, right. you guys are the ones that's going to purchase it, so you have the right to say." So we kept bringing songs right. back and rewriting them and rewriting them, and then, you know, four years later, we were like, "Okay, we're going to put the album out now. It's completely done." And actually, the last two songs that we actually wrote was "Sucker Punch" and "Burden." Those are the last oh, two songs that we wrote. I'm sorry? No, I said interesting. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it was – and they were slightly different from what the rest of the album is. And, and yeah, it, definitely. we didn't purposely do that. We just came out with it, and we were like, you know, let's not play these two out live. Let's throw them on there and just pray that they're going to like the songs. <laughs> so right, we did. Right. And no, people not... love both of those songs. So yeah, it's, I, I love both of them. And just kind of like always taking songs back and rewriting them, and taking songs back and rewriting them. I think that maybe that had something to do with uh, with the longevity of the album as well. But now we kind of have an idea of what our fans really want from us. So now right. we have to top right. this album. We're already writing for the next album. We're probably nice. four, or five, maybe six songs deep right now. Um, in tracks that we, we that we really like and we're really going to work on and we're really going to try to finish up very soon, but we got to do that along with the touring. You know, the touring kind of right. gets know a little bit of your writing, which is okay because we need to get this album out there and we need to get it circulated. I mean, we're blessed to have people like you wanting to interview us and playing our music for us. You know, so mm-hmm. that helps us Thank a you. lot. It helps us a lot more than what people cool. think. Well, it's my so, pleasure. Real quick, let me just throw a couple of questions before they leave my mind. So just in just really quick answers. So what were you guys doing for your 9-to-5 sure. job when you were getting money? <laughs> because I always find that um, type of stuff interesting for people to know. <laughs> um, I, Dan was being he was, he was doing some electrical work. He was an electrician. Um, actually, I, okay. I, did some, I did some plumbing work, but I also did – I worked for the government for a little while as a, a facilities guy. Um, Scoot has okay. – his family has a business – so that he was working with them. And Z has been a guitar teacher and actually still does. He still teaches. He used to work at uh, Walter Reed for veterans, and he used to teach veterans that were wounded. It kind of helps him out with their muscle wow. memory. Um, so he teaches awesome. how them, for them guys to play. And it, it, helped, it did help him out a lot. Um, but now he also does personal students. He has, like, kids that he teaches a lot. And, you know, he gets anywhere from the ages of 8 to, to 18. Um, mm-hmm. And he teaches those kids cool. how to play, and, and you know, he, has a, he has a blast with it. So you know, those are kind of the things that we do. And um, a lot of times we, we okay. still take, you know, jobs on because we're not rock stars and we're not getting paid like rock stars. So we still, you know, we're off. We we actually go to work. We find jobs right. and we go to work for a little while and then 
we do what we can and bank some money for ourselves and put some money back into the business because we don't every show that we play we don't pay ourselves for it because it, it all goes back into right. the business and mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to survive without doing some kind of side job you almost have to do it at our level at this point I mean it's not what we want to do but hey you know it's 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 paying the well, bills like said, and it's getting work- what we need done Exactly, and you're working towards your, you know, the bigger goal, which is to continue progressing as a band, and yeah, that's great. How did you guys yeah, we, come up we, with the name Devil in the Deep? Okay, go ahead with the finish up with the work stuff, and then I want to know how you came up with the name for the uh, the album. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, it's it's we we, we got to take jobs that that kind of like has a little leeway for us as well, so <laughs> that's mm-hmm. kind of hard. You can't just go out and get a straight nine to five job and expect them to understand. So. But that was probably right. what we right. about the jobs. But Devil's in the Details, that's very interesting on how that happened. Um, we went through kind of our own trials and tribulations, and we went through that with a lot with some previous members. And, and um, Scoot and I, we always talk. And, I mean, Dan, we, we, we're always talking as a band, but Scoot and I have kind of become like best friends, and and, and we, we do a lot of personal talking about things. And, and we're, every time we go through a problem, he's like, he's like, it's all right, it's all right man. These are just devils in the details. We we got this. We'll, we'll fix this. I'm like, you're right, you're right. It's just devils in the details. Well, he must have said it 15 times. And finally, we were talking about, okay, the album's done. We're we're post mastering. What are we gonna call this thing now? He goes, man, I, I don't know. We still got this problem to worry about. And I'm going, yeah, yeah, you're right. And we still need to fix this and this. And he goes, still, man, they're all devils in the details. We'll get it. And I went, you're a genius. And he goes, what? I said, you just said the title of the album. He goes, huh? I said, devils in the details. It's about our journey that we did to get this album out. Why not call it devils in the details? He was like, wow, I never thought about it like that. I said, well, think about it. Think about everything that we went through to get to where we are at the end of this. How many times have you said to me, man, it's, uh, it's just devils in the details. We'll get through this. Well, you're I right. Like you did get through it. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it, it really captures you guys and the work, the hard work you've done, and just the challenges and you know little hurdles you had to get over along the way. So, how did you come up with the um, the album artwork? I really like that, and you can plug the person whoever did that because it's it's really cool stuff. I kind of well, for me, I see like I almost feel like it's like a fun house, and like you know, you see something kind of creepy coming out of something. <laughs> I don't know. That's just what my impression was. You got it perfectly. It. You got it perfectly. Do I? Because that's right, the devil cool. in the details. <laughs> <laughs> but that that was actually, that's all hand-drawn. That There's no digital work on that. That's all hand-drawn by wow. our tattoo sponsor, um, Mr. Tony DeVille of DeVille, Inc. And um, I came Great. to him and I said, here's our idea. And he's like, well, what's your idea? And I said, we, we want to do an old, old, old jack-in-the-box made of wood. But we want something inside. Mm-hmm. He goes, right, well, what do you want inside? And I, I said, I don't know. That's the devil in the, in the details. And he's like, wow, this is going to be a challenge. So for, like, for three weeks, him and I went back and forth on, on designs and, and artwork. And, and I actually have all the scratch artwork. Because I told him, I said, don't throw any of that away. I want it. I'll frame all That's of it cool. eventually. I want to keep the progress. I want to see the progress of how mm-hmm. this came out. And, and he did the front, the back. He did everything for us. He, 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 he's done all my tattoos, and he's done all my tattoos freehand. 
So wow. he was drunk because I, I had a wound talented. in my left arm. Oh, he's extremely talented. On my left arm, I have a, a wing, an angel wing. Um, my whole my whole left side is is dedicated to my family, and I lost my mom a few years ago to cancer, and um, oh, so sorry. that's kind of like the guardian angel wing over my family, and and um, right. Um, he, he everything that he drew on me, I was just like, man, you're very detail oriented. So that's when we came to the came to the idea of let's get Tony to 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 draw the album for us. Let him draw the album cover, and uh, when he came back, when we finally nailed it. I was like, that's it. That's what we're looking for right there. And yeah, it's he was great. I love it. Happy. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that, that's always seems yeah. to be an eye catcher. Everybody's like, wow, this it album is. cover is are like, you, um, sick. Are you a fan of horror? I mean, I'm a huge fan of horror yes. movies, especially growing up. Oh, my God. So that's when I looked yeah. at it. To me, right away, I was just like, it totally just, you know, pulled me in and reminded me of all the different crazy horror movies I used to watch. <laughs> Oh yeah, so, Any, everything your, from Halloween to yeah. Friday the Thirteenth to mm-hmm. what one of my favorites is like all the Saw episodes. Um, I, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm big into and, and all of us are. We all we all love horror flicks. The Walking Dead is like Z and I are always like we gotta make sure we're we're, we're off and we can watch watch the Walking Dead. You know, we can't miss the Walking Dead. <laughs> That's one thing I haven't gotten into. I'm not sure, and I've never seen it, so it's kind of not appropriate for me to comment, but I've never been just interested in watching that. I don't know why, but maybe I'll have to try it out. Oh, if if you've never seen it, go back to to the first season and start from there. Right. Because it's got a really cool story behind it, but it's got a lot of gore, and it's, it's amazing how... There's little tiny stories. I, I've read the I've read the cartoons too, so I kind of know what's happening, but yet they right. put a twist in there. So that that's mm, always cool, cool too. But it's 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 great. All right. If you if you like horror, nice. it's definitely great. Nice. So how did you guys get this uh, loyal fan base called the Tongue Nation? Because I didn't even know about that until I was looking at something yesterday. I was like, oh, that's an interesting question to ask them, which is cool. I like that. Well, well, actually, they dubbed themselves the Tongue Nation. We didn't. Okay. We, didn't, we never gave them the title. It started off with, I think, maybe 50 or 60 people that were always helping us promote, and they were at every show. I mean, they would travel, and just our fans still do. They travel to see us. I mean, we were down in Florida, and we ran into a bunch of our fans down there. We were like... Man, we're like hours, just you know, an hour away from from where you live, and you come and see us there. You came to Florida. I mean, it was amazing. His mommy flew to Florida to see us. And and but they they dubbed themselves a few years ago. They dubbed themselves the Tongue Nation. Um, I think it was when the whole <laughs> Fan Nation thing started happening with all the bands. Like, um, like Pop Evil has the. Um, it's not. The, I think it's called the Evil Nation now. Um, but they used to use the evils, and that was their fans. And but our fans just said, "No, we're, we're the Tongue Nation," and and then everybody that comes in, they just become part of a huge family because our fans all migrate with each other. They all hang out. They'll you know, they but they're amazing people. They they blow our minds. They they come and see a show after show after show, and they just you know we're like. Man, you know we felt like it wasn't a good show tonight. We're really sorry. And they're like, man, you guys don't know. It was a great show. 
you know, we we're, we're, we're going to come and see you every every single time we can, and we're we're feeling like oh, it wasn't that great of a show for us. You know, we feel like we disappointed you, and it's like no, 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 you guys never disappoint. A couple about a month, a month and a half ago, we were doing a show here in Baltimore, and I walked in with a head cold, or which I thought was a head cold, and I'm like, man, I feel a little weird. So about the eighth or ninth song, I started feeling really extremely weak. And so I started backing off on vocals, and I would, like, lean against the drum riser. And then finally I just looked at him, and I was like, I I don't have this anymore. I took off my guitar, handed it for a guitar tech, and I just passed out from there. Oh, gosh. And so I I ended up in the ER, and um, I'm sitting there with IVs in my arm, and I'm texting back and forth with the guys. And they're like, so what do we do about tonight's show? And I said, we're playing. They're like, dude, but you haven't even talked to the doctor. And I'm like, I'll talk to the doctor. The doctor come in. He's like, well, the x-rays come back, and it's true, you have pneumonia. And I'm like, well, you oh got to figure gosh. out a way of helping me with something because we have a show tonight. And he's like, I don't think that's a good idea. And I said, well, you don't have the fans that we have, and I'm not letting them down. And my band won't let me let them down because Aww. I know how my guys think. And he was like, right. okay. So I called the guys, and the guys were like, look, dude, we'll just we'll set, go in, we'll set everything up. All you got to do is show up, walk in, play, and then we'll all leave. And I was like, we'll do whatever we have to do. And So those guys just took everything on 100%, took everything out of my hands, and walked in, set everything up, got it all squared away, got sound checked squared away. I didn't have to do anything. All I had to do was walk in and, and sing and play, and that was it. And, and we did, and every because it was tons of people. We knew there was gonna be a lot of people at the show, and I was just like, "Oh wow!" Way to down. And um, right. we come in, and I'm glad to hear you were okay. Knew. Well, thank you. How, did, thank you. How, well, long, was, how long ago? How long ago was this that this happened? Um, this was uh, this was about a month and a half ago. I think it was. I think it was. Okay. Um, it was March actually. I think it was only in March. It was like towards the end of March. But we had two back-to-back shows, and I was like, there's no way. You know, I felt like I let everybody down the night before. I'm not going to let the fans down again tonight. It's just not going to happen. If I have to have an IV on stage with me pumping in water all, <laughs> all night long, I don't care. So, so, so we'll get in on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. As long as I can sing and, and entertain everybody and give everybody their money's worth that they came out to see us. Because I knew my guys would let me down. I knew my guys were going to step up their game even more. Because we, they had to say, right. we, we already give 110%. But I, these guys that night gave 120%. And they just helped me out. And they just, by my guys doing That's that, awesome. it just gave me more energy. And the crowd was just huge. And they were just loving it. And, and I was loving it. And then. We did two and a half hours straight without stopping, and and we were good. We we did very very well, and then afterwards we we were able to go out and meet some of the fans. I met them for about an hour afterwards, and then threw they threw me in the van and put me in the bed. <laughs> took you home, right? And took you home. Oh, well, that's a great. That's a. I mean, it's a great story in the sense. Again, it just shows your constant perseverance and dedication, and it's just. It's been a really cool story that you guys have had, an amazing journey, and I wish you guys nothing but much success with everything to come, and I definitely can see you guys uh, continuing to get yourselves to that next level. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, without without my brothers, I, I, there's no way I could do any of this, and, and we as a band know that without the Tongue Nation, we couldn't do any of this because, you know, we always say without the fans, there is no band. So it's you know, it's really on them. I mean, we can do what we can do, but the fans really make the calls for everybody. And 
and we have some of the most amazing fans that you'll ever come across. And, and if you talk to a few of them, you'll know exactly what. Well, you talk to Charlie Sauter, so you, there you go. That kind of shows right. you. Right. That's our fan base. That's how they are. They're all like that. That's cool. They're amazing well, please people. Definitely promote the uh, the show and the podcast on your station because if they're that uh, into it, I'd love for them to be able to hear the great interview that you did tonight about you and the band um, and share that with them. Thank you very much. I, I, you, you guys will know how much we appreciate it. I mean, to have me, you know, while I'm a nobody and just be able to talk about what we do is is pretty amazing. So we, definitely we appreciate it. We appreciate everything that you're doing. I mean, it's it's great thank that you're you. playing our music, and, and we thank you so much for that. Yeah, and please, like I said, promote the link on your page because I would love for the fans, if anyone didn't tune into the live interview tonight, to be able to check it out. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, I, I think we did. We put it on the Facebook, too, and we had, there's a uh, fan page as well. It's a Silver Tongue Fans and Tongue Nation. Um, we put it on oh, there cool. as well, so that got out to all those guys. Okay. And, and I'm pretty sure there's a few of them listening. I think when I checked right before I got on the phone, I think even there's a guy out there, a really good frig fan, him and his wife, um, Rob Pipes. He's always out there listening. He's always <laughs> taking care of But I want to throw a big shout-out to all the Tongue Nation. Thank, thank you guys so much for sticking by us. And up through our ups and downs and our highs and our lows, and your guys are always there, and we we appreciate each and every one of you, even the ones we just made and just made a ton of new fans in Florida. So thank thank you to those guys as well. Cool. Well, you guys are welcome back on, and I would love to have you back on, especially when you get ready to release your next album. So just know that you're always welcome back. Oh, awesome! Thank you so much, Carrie. We appreciate it so much. All right. Absolutely, Steve. Awesome. So much success to you guys. And, again, thanks for an awesome interview. It was great. You made my job very easy. And, uh, again, <laughs> much, much, much success to you and the band. Thank you. You too. And you keep doing what you're doing because you're doing an awesome job. Thanks. I appreciate that, Steve. Have a great night and definitely uh, keep in touch with me, okay? We will do that, Carrie. Thank you so much. Okay. You're welcome. All right. Take care. Bye. You too. All right, everyone, again, Speed from Silvertongue. Be sure to check out their album and uh, follow them on Facebook. Become a fan of Tongue Nation. Go to silvertongue.com and also pick up the album Devils in the Details. Great interview that he did. So I highly recommend it. If for some reason you didn't tune in or if you tuned in late, please definitely check it out from the beginning. It was just smooth sailing throughout the whole interview with him. I'd also kindly request you to become a fan of the Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook. If you become a fan, you'll be able to see all the upcoming events with the guests and the shows that I have coming up. Um, I'm also on Twitter. If you follow me at Carrie Edelman, I will follow you too. And again, if you have a Facebook page, I love to keep in touch with people personally, so definitely befriend me on Facebook. I have two pages. One is kind of at that 5,000 limit, you know, here and there a couple of friends, you know, drop out. But if one of the pages is maxed out, just uh, definitely send me a friend request on the other one. So I want to thank everyone again for tuning in. I do have some interviews coming up. Uh, interestingly, Gemini Syndrome is going to be coming on in the near future, just working out with their PR person right now to solidify a date, as well as so many upcoming interviews with comedians, musicians, and other entertainers. So thanks again for tuning into the show tonight. And uh, like I said, please keep in touch on Facebook, and you can see the upcoming shows and events. Once again, Silver Tongue Tonight, Speed. Check these guys out. Great, great band. Uh, go to silvertongue.com. Thanks again for the support, everyone. Have a great night.